Escape from Plan A. You know, I feel like every time we like intro pod, we we end up, you know, losing the f- the flow of a conversation we've already been having. But like, yeah, I mean, originally we were going to talk about. I think someone had brought up you know, Prop 16 in California, which is to reinstate, uh, you know, affirmative action uh, at the state level, because currently it's been banned through Prop 209. And what, what's going on in Virginia at, at TJ, at, at Thomas Jefferson High School, something's going on there where they want to like cut down the number of Asian kids there from like 75% to something like 50%, something like that. Um yeah, they do. And, they want to do a lottery system, so it's uh, just entirely based on um, like where, like just like baseline eligibility, and then just like a lottery. So they're not yeah. looking at any credentials at all, which yeah. you know, I I think is better in some ways. Yeah, I mean, I I was I was of the I'm just thinking here, honestly. Like, I've seen a lot of outrage over. You know, in New York, obviously, they've been talk. De Blasio has been talking about this, and the school chancellor famously said, "Those seats don't belong to you." You know, you being Asian people, and of course, there's racism and all sorts of shit. It's all fucked up. It's it's it's, it's the politics of like where your kids go to school is like one of the most contentious things and heartfelt, deeply you know, emotional topics because America is made up of overprotective parents, right? And uh, I don't know. My interest and sympathy regarding, especially given the past, you know, just the shit that we've seen uh, in the past few years with respect to uh, sort of the normalization of anti-Asian racism, which I think is a big story that's really been underreported. Um, I don't know. When it comes to the school thing, Part of me is starting to feel now, although I've always sort of supported the idea of um, Asian Americans standing up and demanding that they're, they be treated in accordance with the law. So I'm supportive of the Harvard lawsuit, et cetera. Um, I don't I just don't find it to be like politically that important anymore. That's how I feel. I just kind of like how do you mean? I just, I just don't think that, I just think there's like bigger things that are going on and that to me, if a state, you know, it's just, if the, if California wants to implement affirmative action and tinker with the racial makeup of its schools, so be it. If they don't want to do it, so be it. If it turns out that a, that a newly conservative Supreme Court wants to overturn affirmative action because they find it's unconstitutional, so be it. I just don't think affirmative action is that big a deal one way or another. It's, it's yes, it's like infuriating, you know, because they want to introduce racial quotas and all this stuff. But it's only infuriating if you believe that in America, that's somehow very deeply un-American and that's something that we do all the fucking time. And like, if you live in the real world, I don't know. I just don't find affirmative action to be anywhere near the most insidious form of racial discrimination that's going on in America, including against Asian people, you know, like affirmative action is not throwing you in jail. 
or deporting you, you know, or killing you. So. Yeah, in some way, I mean, I mean, we talk about assimilation a lot, and I think this is this is one of the key things that we, uh, one of the key things we think about. Um, that's just kind of embedded in our psyche, right? Um, education is important. Let's just get that out of the way, right? I think we broadly understand what we mean uh, when we say Asian Americans value education very much. Um, I, I mean, buying into that kind of kind of necessitates buying into the social project at large. Uh, it means you find you find legitimacy and validity. Uh, in being embedded in that system and succeeding within its terms. So inevitably, you do trade success for the ability to actually be able to uh, exist as an independent person outside, not beholden to the system that basically made you. I mean, we saw that, like, I mean, the Harvard affirmative action case was, was uh, uh, there was a ruling on it last year, right? Like mid middle of last year or something. Weren't we supposed to get the final ruling this year or something? Like in January? Did on we ever get case? it? Yeah. yeah did they, we ever they, get they that upheld... final? Yeah, we did. Okay. Uh, they lost, okay. right? The, 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 the plaintiffs lost. Harvard's program was upheld as legal, which was, it's not really that big a deal because, it, or, or it's not really final in the sense that this whole thing was made to be appealed to the Supreme Court, right? Mm-hmm. So whatever the district court said is not really that important mm-hmm. but yeah they upheld the harvard they, they said that harvard okay. didn't break the law so a quick recap um uh, a group um a group students for fair admissions uh brought a case against harvard saying uh, uh white and asian students were being unfairly discriminated against in the application oh, no, no, process just, just asian just asian just asians oh okay yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Sorry, uh, the just Asians. I mean, that's really that's really cynical too, because uh, really know what those Asians were a front for. Um, okay, so Asian American students were being unfairly discriminated against in the admissions process due to their race. So the onus was on Harvard to defend, to basically unpack its uh, all the criteria that they used to actually make to make uh, decisions, um, and and the ruling is basically saying that those those standards were fair or legal at the very least legal legal yeah okay yeah i mean Um, i I think i get the outrage i think the outrage is when you know an institution like harvard you know has the benefit of being seen as this incredibly fair incredibly progressive you know uh you, you know institution and that it has a policy of capping Asian American students, but that that's somehow a good thing. And, you know, we Asian Americans should, uh, you know, take that and accept it and understand that when there's too many of us, we fuck shit up. Like we will ruin Harvard's reputation. It's just going to become another, you know, chink school or whatever, fob school. And like, yeah, I know that's infuriating, but on the other hand, it's like, does anyone really think that Harvard like that that people think Harvard shit don't stink anymore. I think that's like part of it is is that we oversubscribe to the dominance of the liberal frame to some degree where we think that Harvard is getting away with this and we think that Harvard is universally beloved and that you know no, Har- like everyone fucking hates Harvard. Um you know what I mean? It's a Harvard is a cynical institution uh, it has cynical practices. The desire to go to Harvard is a cynical desire. And 
you know, the Asian American uh, elite that are um, challenging this, or maybe not the elite, maybe maybe upwardly mobile working class Asian Americans who want to go to Harvard. I mean, let's not pretend that that's not purely about personal um, success as well. Should they be denied that success because they're Asian? No, but is it like some great moral cause to go to Harvard? No, it's not. Well, it's premised on a certain a notion of upward mobility, right? Some kind of egalitarian value, right? If you work hard, uh, you have the chance to be certified by these elite institutions, which then put you on a fast track uh, in your life. Um, I, I mean, I think if nothing else, 2020 kind of puts, kind of reveals that to be a lie. We had already talked about, you know, the glass ceiling, um, all of that, uh, all of that, that still plays out in the workforce, even amongst people who are, who do come through these elite institutions. So ultimately what was the value in, uh, in putting so much uh, emphasis on achieving this, uh, this benchmark of, I, I don't know, assimilation into the United States? Uh, just, I mean, I, I just think that we need to, I, 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 I put it cynical. I mean, there is a bit of a overly glossy, uh, overly optimistic, overly cheerful view of the of the idea of Asian American upward mobility because it's like you want that seat more than anyone else. Mm-hmm. You want to take that seat because there's a limited number of seats, and you're going to do what it takes. You're going to get in bed with uh, a fucking you know white conservative group that wants to go overturn affirmative action across the country, right? You'll 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 sign up with this team, this political movement. In order to further the chances of your own children getting into Harvard. Is that okay? Yeah, I think that's fine. I don't have a problem with self-interest. I just don't think that there's a real moral, like, it's not a great moral question. You know what I mean? It's like Asian Americans are playing power politics here. And Did I think anybody Asian Americans say should... that it was a moral question, though? I mean, isn't it? I think everyone who gets outraged over this stuff to to a degree is 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 feeling I understand the outrage but I'm just saying that I think that it's time to understand that the reason Asian Americans care so much about Harvard is for reasons of upward mobility. You know, and that okay, is like, a personal struggle. Yeah, but yeah. I mean I that there's I mean just assuming that there's no shouldn't there just be m- m- outrage just for the material loss because that's that's the outrage that i feel like i mean it's a it's a material loss too so i mean go having having credentials from these places is uh it doesn't put you on par uh necessarily but it does help it does help you a lot help you with what um I mean, whatever your career aspirations after that, I think, um, it does provide a boost. You still hit the glass ceiling. You still are, your prospects are still not as open as it might be for others, but it's still something. Um, so, (laughs) I uh, I mean, I guess I'm thinking of, um, the, the pipe, the, the, where I see a moral, uh, a moral case for it. Um, and this is probably why it took up so much, uh, bandwidth, in uh, Asian American discourse is um, the 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 magnet school pipeline in uh, in New York. Uh, I think that's pretty unique in the country. Uh, maybe there's a few other places, but uh, it's certainly it's something I didn't I didn't 
I didn't go through. Uh, but the magnet program, which primarily, uh, pr which primarily seems to draw on like working class uh, people, right? Elevating the talented amongst uh, working class people. And that creates the first like springboard to get access to elite institutions, right? To, and that's definitely, uh, that's a material boost. Uh, but I see a definite moral case to provide, to provide access, uh, fair access uh, to this pipeline uh, from this particular class of individuals. There's less so, I, mean, I don't really give a shit about like wealthy, like wealthy kids, um, like wealthy Asian Americans, uh, just uh, feeling a little like, feeling a little like raw about uh, having like, at being discriminated against or something, the admissions process. I care less about that. You'll be fine. Um, but uh, it's it, that particular pipe, that particular case, uh, I see a lot of value in, in, in upholding that, in that cause right there. I think I Chinese, know, I, I, th I'll, I'll, I won't speak for other groups, but I, I will say that, you know, growing up, I, you know, when it comes to Chinese Americans, like, you know, we would do our like Sunday school, Sunday language school thing, like a lot of Chinese American communities did. But if you go around, like a lot of groups uh, would pool their resources and build their own community center. They'll buy some, they'd buy some property. Uh, you'd see synagogues everywhere. You see there's an Islamic uh, school, a very beautiful school near where my, where I grew up. The Islamic community came together and built something uh, like a, like a, like a community center and the Chinese like just never did that. Like they would never pool their resources to do something like that. They would rent out, you know, a high school, you know, on a Sunday and that's it. Uh, and part of me now thing is thinking like, you know, like I understand that. I guess what I'm saying is that I don't see anything in through the lens uh especially in america now through the lens of like okay what is right and what is owed and what is fair i think there's what's legal but other than that it's a power struggle and now i see the asian american demand for uh you know for affirmative action to be abolished so that you know asian kids have a completely you know they're they're extraordinary test scores will carry the carry the day for them to get into schools that is a power play that is us using you know our community power to reserve and protect you know uh allocation of resources to our own children and there's nothing wrong with that but that's how the game is played i just don't think that we need to view it as this like epic battle of right versus wrong other communities, let's say the black community or the white, you know, white people, they're doing the same thing. They're trying to uh, push the system in a way that favors their kids. And I guess what I'm saying is like, I think we do need to get around to the point where like, you know, I think we need to invest more heavily. If like if we really care that much, if this really is about community and, uh, you know, building a community for Asian American, uh, for children to grow up in, that people would put their money where their mouth is and start invest maybe maybe buy you know creating community centers creating Chinese language schools or stuff like that that isn't just you know renting out you know the back of a school or whatever and investing the way other groups have invested in going that route 
you know, rather than like, you're the one who said before that you do feel like Asian Americans invest and put their skin in the game and fight and protest. They just do it in different ways that other groups do. And I feel like if, you know, test scores are our power play, like that's our power play. And like, what, what's wrong with that? No, I didn't say, I I, I said, there's nothing wrong with that, but no, I know, but there's there's a limit to that. Yeah, there's a limit, and now we're seeing that. And mm-hmm. I mean, why are you saying that? Like, what we, you know, Asian Americans were doing wasn't as legit as other groups. It was just different. I didn't say it's not as legit, but I'm saying we, when it, when it came, in my community, when it came to investing in, like, you know, like community property, like nobody was willing to do that, right? Like nobody was willing to to chip into some Chinese American fund to build a school. Like no one would do that, but other, other groups would Chinese Americans. Yeah. They had, we had our own way of doing things, I suppose. But, you know, now I'm starting to see that that movement, it's been pretty successful. You see these schools are, I don't know what the percentage of Asian American kids at like Stuyvesant or these schools. It's very high. And one of them is like 80%. I think it's over 80%. Very high. Yeah. It's over Very, very high. And if I, honestly, if I'm not Asian, and I'm looking at that. I'm like, what the fuck? Honestly, I mean, like, just no, reasonable, I mean, no, like, I, reasonable test of reaction to that is like, these schools are 80 percent Asian, but the, but the New York is under, you know, 10 percent Asian, you know, or slightly over 10 percent Asian. Maybe I'm not sure what the total number is. I mean, you're you're gonna get that pushback. I mean, there's no way they're gonna allow these schools to continue to be 80 percent Asian from here on out. They're going to but, push back. You know but why? Because well, I mean, what do you mean? But broader, why? they're not going to. In a broader it. sense, assuming it's a finite resource, uh, there is, I, there is a problem there, right? Um, like, like teen, you're with me on this, right? Like, like if a school which is key to funneling kids into these elite institutions that give them a jump start, and we've accepted that premise, um, then the fact that it's, the resource is. Um, can't be distributed more evenly that i think that is that is a sign of a problem how to solve that we can vary on that and i think what's what's re- what's been really telling for me in this entire uh in this ty- entire thing is how nobody actually wants or is proposing the one thing that could just solve this which is more seats I, it's it's actually pretty mind blowing how how we don't think like this. We assume it's a finite resource, and I think this kind of undergirds the assumptions we are making about what the what the nature and value in education really is. It's not so much what you learn; it's that it's an elite certification, and the value of an elite certification is that it's rare, it's hard to get, and very few people get it. So, so we use so th- I think this is why we get so many contradictions and run up against so many roadblocks. Now talk about it because we're you, because we're not being very we're not being honest about what we're really asking for here. Uh, like this Harvard like, for all of, every single debate about affirmative action, this kind of all goes away. If you're like, well, why can't we just build more schools? I don't know why we can't we can't say that. Well, I mean, they're I not going to do it. Yeah. The budgets are fucking shrunk, you know? Well, I, I, I mean, mean, you don't even need schools advocating. at this point. You don't even need schools at this point because people can just get online educations. 
Yeah, I mean, at this point, yeah, we have that capability. And even if even if it weren't the case, even if we were doing uh, face-to-face learning, there's no reason why there can't be advocacy around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, my, my point is that, like, I see, you know, there's this, like... like... When, when the conversation is about, like, it starts to pit, like, Asians and Asian Americans against some other group, right? I mean, look, if a school is 80% Asian, white kids are getting left out of this equation, too. It's not that... That's not my primary... C- area of concern but let's face it, like this is this is a resource that is being disproportionately allocated to one demographic as a broader society i think that deserves a, a bit more balancing that doesn't mean kick like reduce the number of asian students at the school or raise somehow raise the uh, average score that an asian needs to get it means build another school build five more what is do we lose anything by having a broadly well-educated population well, of young people? Yeah, I mean that's that's a good long-range goal, but like short-range, you know, short-term if you have kids, it's not really going to be a realistic outcome, right? I mean, they can they can barely fix the schools they have, you know. Then um, I mean, I'm for a lottery system in that case. And also, you know, just like it's not the end of the world if you don't go to Harvard. It really isn't. No, it's it not. Just really but freaking isn't. No, it's not. I, but see, my point is this. My point is not that there's anything wrong with Asian Americans pushing to keep their positions at these schools. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, like, let's realize what we're doing. We're not on some great moral quest here. We're out for our own self-interest. And that's fine. Okay. But I think that uh, we need, I think we would be helped if in this day and age, like, we start to separate out like what is a greater sort of like moral battle that's happening that we should be aware of you know or or where is the frontier of injustice here right uh versus where are we advocating for self-interest and i think where we're advocating for self-interest i just think it's better to be flexible and to be creative because like you know, I think we kind of have to understand that when, uh, you know, other groups are going to be opposed to us having so many seats at these schools and no amount of moral argumentation is going to change their belief because it's not a moral contest. It's a contest of resources. So I'm just saying that Asians should absolutely go and contest for resources they should just get used to the conflict. Just get used to the conflict and understand that this is politics. So you know what I mean? Like that's po- it's just politics. And like I said, like when it comes to the Harvard thing, right? Like to me, I felt that Asian Americans were on both sides. Both the ones who are like, we have to check our anti-blackness because we're complicit in white supremacy. As well as those who were like, this is one of the great moral questions of the day or whatever, and getting super worked up over it. I'm like, I don't think that suing Harvard to challenge that they've been discriminating against Asian American applicants, I don't think that that is a cause for activism. I think that is a legal case. I think the question here is, did Harvard break the law? And Harvard should be held to account for that. And the students who have standing because they were rejected by Harvard, despite having stellar grades and test scores, should have the right to sue and should have the right to discovery and should have their day in court. It's fine, but it's a legal case. It is not to me, you know, a great 
social just uh, a social cause. You know, it's a it's someone's having their day in court. Is how okay. I saw is how I saw it. That's I fine. mean, to me, I see just this very overall general trend that the U.S. is taking of just like pushing Asians out. Period. You know, but the U.S. is the one who in, uh, joined the lawsuit against Harvard and now brought its own lawsuit against Yale. Yeah, because that is, you know, like they have their own. <laughs> uh, what's it called? Well, they're not. Well, they're on the side of Asians, Americans. Yeah, I know, but yeah, nominally, but they have their own thing, right? right because, because it's not really a social actually, cause. They, they yeah, have their own no, politics but, they want to play. Yeah, they're playing their own politics, and it's just. Uh, convenient to have Asians on there. Um, but I'm saying that overall, like with um, with all of the like deportations and um, everything that's going on, it's just a broad a trend, a social trend to just push out the Asians, uh, period, and also push them out of like out of elite status in in like everything. Yeah, you know? and I guess so, I, I'm seeing that elite status is a game that everyone plays and is always pushing everyone else out of it because it's by nature exclusionary. And I think that the competition for educational resources is a political struggle, right? And so, and it's an economic struggle. And real estate is hugely influenced by the competition for, I mean, just look at how every fucking like upper middle class Asian American family in Los Angeles is trying to pack the school pack into uh manhattan beach because the schools there are better right like the the big the big struggle is to get your kids into like a good public school district and that's going to drive real estate prices and that's going to drive all sorts of uh market-based reflections of what people want for their own kids right so if the chens next door are able to move into Manhattan Beach, how does that help any other Asian Americans? It doesn't. It helps them individually get their kids into a better public school system than anyone else, including other Asian people, right? So I think that I, I, just, I just think that in this country that that is educational resources and making clearing the path for your own children's upward mobility is a is a political and some an often personal struggle that I think a lot of people have unfairly turned into a racial cause and a social justice cause that cannot be so long as it's about we want to maximize the uh potent you know the the opportunities for Asian kids. Well, that, I think you're actually that, talking about two different things then, because I think that like the um, like the Stuyvesant kids aren't those same middle class people who are like jockeying. No, they're 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 like, some of our middle class, estate. some of them are lo- are you know? are working so, like, class. For, yeah, yeah, but I'm saying that like that there's there's two separate issues going on, and like mm. I feel like one of them is more of a social justice cause than the what you're just talking about. Because um, the kids are poor. <laughs> yeah yeah okay I mean, I mean fine but it's still a it's still competing for resources is my point yeah, I, i'm just saying yeah. like i think there's space in this world for that struggle it's not i'm not saying it's wrong i'm just saying that 
the way that we framed it is really not helpful because it turns it into a binary where you're either, you know, complicit with white supremacy and anti-black or you hate Asian people, you know, and and that's not – I'm not satisfied with either position there because it it lacks flexibility and it forces people to take these – it forces people to justify their position as somehow morally right when what it really is, it it's like I want best for my kids, and that's good enough. That's good enough in America, but it's not I mean, a moral all, cause. You know? Isn't all social justice like actually just a political materialistic benefit for like certain groups versus others? I mean, it, it's all material, but it's a lot of it is a lot of the discussion on race is couched in like moralistic terms because that is kind of like how the history of that kind of activism came about, you know? So I don't, I don't when, think when we have 80% of the spots, I think okay, that... yeah, in that school, in that school, but like, look at all of like, that's one school and look at all the other schools where it's 95% white and they get all, you know, like all the rest of the seats at Harvard and Yale or whatever. Yeah, and we're suing them too. Yeah. No, so no, we're, we're, no, but the we're, focus is not we're, we're on taking those them to the Supreme high Court. schools. No, this not the focus isn't on those high schools. You know, the focus is on the ones that are like 80% Asian, but like there's tons of 90% white high schools that just churn out Harvard graduates. Yeah, like and we are, and if you go to those areas, you'll see that uh, Asian American upper middle class families are knocking on the door to buy houses in those areas, and are getting their foot in the door there too. Uh, you know, I, I, I think it's, I, I think we're, I, I think as a group in America, you know, we we have got to get comfortable with the idea that like we're also political players. Like we're not just victims. Like we are playing the game and oftentimes winning and sometimes losing. And there's a lot of unfairness, tons of unfairness against Asians. Uh, but we have resources and we're fighting back. I just think that we need to, when it comes to like, and I, I'm saying this because there's other things that are, I think, the, like I said, I the the issue of like high school admissions and college admissions that's not putting people in jail. That's not getting people deported. That's not killing people. Those those things are happening in other realms, in other dimensions. But I don't think we pay enough attention to that stuff. You know, like, I, for some reason, this thing about schools is so dominant. And I guess the reason I'm calling a little bit, bit of bullshit on it is because I think that it has a lot to do with the, you know, a subset of people who are really trying whatever it takes to get their kids through the system yes, in, a, in an optimal way, that they're enlisting uh, Asian Americans to their cause on a racial basis because there are there is a racial aspect to the the you know the obstacles that they face. Uh, but it's almost to the exclusion of other things and I and I find that um, increasingly untenable. You know, I, I just, I don't know. I know some people just get so, like, there's this, there's this account on Twitter that I used to DM me all the time that is just 
100% every day devoted to how racist people in the New York City Department of Education are. And I'm like, everyone knows this. You know, like they're 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 constantly trying to like ha- like hammer home just how awful these supposedly brilliant educators are. And I'm like, no one believes that. No one believes that these people are brilliant educators. Everyone hates Richard Carranza. Everyone knows the school system and the entire system of how to get your your kid, you know, into the good schools or whatever is a fucking hornet's nest. And all the people who are like administrators or whatever, you know, they're all fucking assholes. And, you know, a lot of them are, you know, they, they, they're, they're power hungry too, in their own way. I don't know. It just seems to me like, I, I don't know why they were trying to convince people that there was racism going on. I'm like, of course there's racism going on. It's the department of education. I don't know. I, I, part of me wonders if it was a little bit of naivety on the part of, um, or almost like the, uh, attempt to exploit the naivety of a lot of Asian Americans when it comes to this stuff. This stuff is ugly. Honestly, it's, it's an ugly Darwinian struggle for resources. See, I think that's a, that's, that's the dimension I, I, uh, I like to focus on. Uh, I'm with you on on a lot, like like it's, to put like it's time we put a lot of these disparate issues into perspective into what a larger um, a group effort actually should look like. I do think it takes up a lot of space, but where it makes sense to me is um, where it makes a lot more sense to me to to use is to use this ex- use the example of affirmative action and you know like you said the darwinian struggle <laughs> to get these kids uh, a good education it doesn't have to be that way this is this is a lesson in artificial scarcity it really is uh, and that's playing out at it's playing out in the high school system in new york it's playing out everywhere uh, in the universe the university of california uh, i mean california uh, has a pro- has a proposition coming up on the ballot prop 16 um which is reinstating affirmative action in California. Um, it was originally it was originally uh, struck down in 1996. Um, I think that's the Backey decision. Um, but since 1990, and then since 1996, the numbers have shown you know Asian enrollment, especially at the flagship universities like UCLA, UC Berkeley, um, it's super high. And as a as while absolute numbers are up as a percentage of total enrollment, uh, Black, Latino, and Native American um, students have been in decline. Um, my only question and my only and the reason and it's kind of telling to me that we talk about say public schools and private schools in the exact same way um, when we sh- really shouldn't be. So I like. So as it pertains to, so Harvard is kind of, I kind of don't want to think about, you know, what the Harvard case is like, it's kind of a, it's kind of a horrid institution. I really don't feel like giving them more legitimacy by fighting it. Do you know what I mean? Like, okay, so they showed their hand on this. They think that we, and the court has ruled in their favor that we have bad personalities, that we can just be, we can just be eliminated because we, they just think we're shit in some, in some artificial dimension. Like, well, fuck them. I don't really care about that. But it. They're I probably going to win that case anyway. I mean, right. with, like with this case, court, like, they're probably going to win. Hate, so. They don't want you there. They want your money. They want some woke points on this. They resent you there. Why do you want to give them legitimacy? Like, screw it. Um, I, really don't, I, I really don't give a shit about that. 
Uh, plus, it's a private it's a private institution, so the rules on that are a little bit it, like just I just leave that alone in my head. Where I focus on is the public school system, uh, and I know that you're I know teen you're kind of like you're, you you kind of want to like get away from this topic. I'm not kind of digging into it, but I I just want to get it out there that I. I do think it's important to uh, think about, say, public schools, which are directly uh, accountable to uh, the people they serve, um, more so than a private institution. Uh, I think there's a lot more room to actually advocate for what uh, for what you want in the public school system. Um, so I don't see why in California. I mean, look, the last UC, let's see, the last UC went up in like... Uh, uh, what was it? It was UC Merced. It was fairly recently, 2005, right? And that's a graduate, and that's a graduate campus for the most part. Um, so all of these UCs were built starting in the late 1800s, like around 1900, and finished building about 1950, when the population of California is about a tenth or a fifth of what it is right now. We haven't built a new UC in a very long time, and that's entirely, and that's entirely on the. Uh, I mean, that's, we can advocate for that. I don't know why we treat them as these legacy institutions, these hallowed halls of learning or something. No, these are, these are institutions established with public grant charged with educating people, um, educating the children of the state uh, with a, and giving them a good education and setting them, uh, setting them loose in the world as, as qualified professionals. And it has paid off tremendously for California. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, like, why are we why are we hyper focused on on what Berkeley's numbers are? Berkeley's numbers, I think, is like seventy percent Asian, um, and I like. So why can't we build another one? Why can't we build another UC or five? The population of California is forty million people. And the last UC that we had uh, was oh, established in two thousand five. You know why they can't do it? They can't do it because we live in a hierarchical capitalist economy. And in order for you to, you know, do well in such an economy, you have to, by nature, enter into exclusionary, exclusive institutions to reserve okay. a spot in the hierarchy. I get, I, I get that. That's the death knell of the system. Like, look, California, California became tremendously wealthy and successful and has, I, I mean... I mean, nobody thinks up. that you go to Harvard because the cla the quality of the classes and instruction is better. If you really think that, I mean, you're an idiot. You know, like you go to Harvard <laughs> because it's Harvard. You go to Harvard because of you the social the name connections the that you build and the name of yeah, yeah the, the, the 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 alumni network and just the overall brand recognition that it brings. People take you more seriously if you're from Harvard and you're trying to land a sweet job at, at, at a okay, top cool. tier tech firm. Or I, I get that. There's status involved in that. I get that. I'm saying like, so the only, like, uh, I don't intend this to be a rebuttal of anything you're saying. I'm just simply saying it, it would help to kind of shift the thinking about this. I, I no, see absolutely it would. As a, as a that's my point. Good. Yeah. Is you your, see, you're Berkeley, talking in a realm. Uh -huh. You see Berkeley is 42% Asian and UCLA oh, really? is 40% Asian. Whites really? are like 25. Yeah. It, you know what? It's been like around 40% since I was an undergrad, like 15 That's years ago. That's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad at all. It's not like 70. Some people are like, it's 90%. It's not. It's 40% Asian. And that includes South Asians. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and the I only mean, reason why anybody is having this discussion is because they don't want us here. Like I, I never. By the way, I, I don't know who you're saying said it was seventy percent, but I, I, I was saying Stuyvesant is over seventy percent Asian. Somebody, I mean, Stuyvesant like people, other people have said that Berkeley is like ninety percent Asian on this podcast, and it's just not. It's, said, it never was. No, I don't remember. Oh, I, I said that. I think, like, I saw some number that was like seventy percent. Uh, probably wrong. No, it's, it's forty percent. The only. 40%. Yeah. The I only reason, the yeah. only reason anybody gives a shit is because these institutions are quote unquote prestigious for whatever reason, you know, like including Berkeley and UCLA, you know, that they're, they're prestigious inclusion, prestigious institutions, like about on the same level as Harvard, but because people know about them. Yeah, and the only reason anybody... And the only reason anybody is talking about them is because they fucking hate Asians and they don't want us at prestigious mm-hmm. institutions. Yes. Period. Well, and also because look, if it was a if it was a piece of shit school and it was forty percent Asian, no one would care. It's because everyone is gunning for the prestigious schools, and when they see a group like Asians who are overrepresented. And you could be racist against Asians. It's not like black people where that matters. Like in America, if you're racist against Asian people, nobody gives a shit. Uh, you can you can aim for them. Yeah, that's, okay, that's so, all it is. Right. And so what I'm saying is uh, we fight back. Right. So Asian American Asian people fight back. They launch lawsuits. They you know, they uh, we run political campaigns to say, uh, you know, oppose Prop 16 or whatever. It's a fight. It's a fight. You know, and I guess my my problem is that this fucking topic has divided along moral lines to be like one way or another, you're committing some great moral sin. One way or another, you're either, you know, you fucking hate Asian people and you don't have any self-respect or, you know, you think, it, you know, you're you're complicit with uh, white supremacy. And it's one of these topics where it doesn't allow you to take a nuanced position or, uh, you know, reframing the position to be like, look, maybe there's another way to think about this. It's not and- a moral question. To me, it's a practic- It's a strictly material one. And for, at an I mean, level too. at an individual, it's a very, it's a material one, one that I understand. And I absolutely refuse to be pitted against someone else, especially when it comes to something like, like the public school system, the University of California, Cal State system in California. It takes on this very heated, like, more, like, moral valence here too but i mean look like this is the this is the original charter um uh part of this is the university of california it is not the university of berlin or of new haven which we are to copy it is of the people and for the people not in any low or unworthy sense but in the highest and noblest relations to their intellectual and moral well-being it was designed to be a fundamentally different kind of educational system, one that really, really works. This isn't about, this isn't, I, I, I mean, it's not about, it's kind of ironic that Berkeley became, Berkeley became this like SATA symbol when it's like barely a hundred some years old. Uh, these are not, <laughs> yeah. these are not sacrosanct. I like, like, I mean, like it's, it's all I, fine I, and good to to have those goals as an educational thing, but you know, over the, what's overriding this is the economic system. Uh-huh. And sure, you you can have so as as as, as 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 high 
high-minded and egalitarian values about how you set up your educational system. But if the economic system is the way it is, it really doesn't matter because everyone knows that the education is a springboard into your position in the economic system. And if the economic system is supremely hierarchical. The economic system expands, right? This is not, there's nothing fixed about any of this. There was no reason. I mean, if California didn't have this, I'm, I'm pretty sure California would look much different today than it does, uh, than it actually does if they had, if they didn't institute the system. Like a lot of this shit just got created out of thin air. And that's largely thanks to a broad population of well-educated professionals, labor, qualified labor to fill industries that came up. Uh, you, I mean, you, you, you know that that's well. you're, I mean, you're advocating for a trickle down kind of view of this because the, the economy, even when it expands through productivity, yeah, because the, when the economy expanded, uh, you know, inequality went up, right? It's it's not necessarily just the uh, expansion of the economy, but it's also the distribution and um, the, the distribution of wealth and, you know, a purely pro-growth view of everything is definitely – it's very trickle-down okay. in the sense I mean, that – Well, it also is much easier for an economy or just like – anything to grow back in that day because California was basically, you know, like westward expansion. So it makes sense for them to build schools to just get, you know, white people from the East to California. But it's different. I mean, those were were programs for, these are programs for basic, the first few uh, iterations, it was the children of farmers. I mean, women were admitted so okay i'm not necessarily just saying like just i just know california best right i think this model works in other places too Uh, all i'm saying here is i refuse to be pitted to act like somehow my interests are harmed because say a black or brown person can get ahead i think that's really toxic thinking i think we have plenty as it pertains to like prop 16 or what in california i would have much preferred to see uh to see to see an expansion of the education budget to build schools because no one's actually saying admit people who aren't qualified. This is a surplus of qualified people scrabbling over a very limited number of seats. Build more fucking schools. That's it. Yeah. Can we just actually talk about the California economy though? Because like the UC system, it was actually free until, you know, the seventies or something. And then slowly the tuition kept going up and up and up. And like, there's just no, school there's just no money to build these new school like schools like merced took fucking forever to build like what's up with that you know like the the state you know like la would be much better if there were more highways and like the latest what like the highway system hasn't really been updated since the 70s so it's just like what the fuck is going on with the infrastructure of the state period or the maybe nation, the country, of the like country. the nation. Yeah, like what the fuck is wrong with everything? Because I feel like this is one small part of this like bigger problem of like we just don't have the money or the will to fucking do anything anymore. That, that's what I'm saying. I see. This is my point. Is I, I, I'm starting to see that like we we can't pick a, our specific battle anymore. Like we can't be like oh if if. We just maintain our, you know, if we just maintain or continue our 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 successful campaign to allocate seats for ourselves in elite institutions, that we're going to be fine as as a people. No, it's like 
we're living in a society now that's fucking coming apart at the seams and whether it's regardless of race or whatever, if you live within the boundaries of the United States, like that is going to hurt you. And so you're right. I think that when you say, let's talk about California, talk about the United States. We talk about fucking the way we react to COVID, you know, I mean, it's, there's clearly just something deeply, deeply wrong with America. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like there's it's 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 not something where i think we can even pick pet issues to be like like this is my point like when people get really upset about the unfairness of affirmative action as it, as it pertains to asian americans i'm like what standard are you holding that against like what ideal american system of meritocracy do you see that we do not have that is making you so angry because we should be that because I think that that anger has to correspond to something like, no, this is the right, this is the just way to do it. And this is the right system to do it. This is the right way to do it. And we're so far from that because you're discriminating against me, et cetera. I'm like, where, what is that ideal system? Because as far as I can tell, this is all about the rush for the rush to get your kids into to to swim like salmon upstream against all odds to secure themselves in an economy that out you know just completely completely biases itself towards the top 1% and that Okay, see, I feel like this is kind of where that whole like American dream bullshit comes in and like the issue with like um immigrants like you know mentality and how we just can't like can't quit and we can't give up because i see this as like these people who are fighting so hard and they're getting so worked up they're seeing this as like you know like we need to believe in this thing because it justifies why we're here and like we worked so hard to get here we endured so much like these people they feel like there has to be some meritocratic way for us to get ahead because otherwise, why the fuck did we even come here? You know, why the fuck did my parents come here? Like, remember that National Review article that uh, Jess, you shared where that woman being interviewed was like, you know, my parents were so poor. We were like such poor immigrants. We had to like use the gas stove for heating and my parents never bought me anything but an encyclopedia and so like I have to use education as my outlet to get to the top because this is where I like I have to do this you know it's like part it's like part trauma and part just like justification because it's like if they admit to themselves that America is inherently shit then it's just like why the fuck did I why the fuck why the fuck are we here you know like well things have changed i I mean when my uh, that's funny because like the way we used to talk about why we came uh why my parents decided was because america was the kind of place where you didn't have to go to harvard to succeed and in many ways it still is that more so than other places but like for example in taiwan uh you know if you didn't get into you know, one of the top two schools or the top, if you didn't get into, you know, National Taiwan University, okay, there's a huge swath of like jobs and positions you cannot hold. And you know that at age 18, like just, that's just not, 
you know, you're, if you don't get there, there's a huge swath of things that are just you're 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 cut off from. Can you and give me not- an example of that? Because are they saying like you can't be an engineer or you can't be a doctor? No, like you can't. You like can't, like there, there's certain levels of government that you're just not going to reach. Right. Okay. Like in 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 Japan, for example, like every single person in uh, you know every single prime minister comes comes from Tokyo University or something like that, right? Like the the idea there was. You know, you lived in a society that uh, uh, was, and and this has been true for a long time. I mean, this is how it was growing up. Was you know, Taiwan was the place of remorseless competition from a very young age. You know, you had a test to get into middle school. You had a test to get into high school. You had a test to get into college. And in each step of the way, it was a weeding out process to see, like you know, and in America. It, it was not like that, right? You didn't have, you didn't didn't give a shit what you did up until you got to high school. Then high school mattered, and then you could go to, you know. But if you didn't get into like you know a great college, it doesn't really matter. Like it didn't really, you know, um, you were never out, so to speak, you know. But I have seen in the past 10, 20 years the steady erosion of that, where I see young families now. Uh, with the same level of anxiety, if not more, than the kinds of anxieties that I associated with a place like Taiwan, uh, where they're testing their kids to get into fucking preschool, okay, and they're like taking on massive mortgages, uh, you know, early on in their their kids are not even in school yet. They're taking on massive mortgages to secure their spot within the, you know, the top school district of the county. So they're paying like huge amount of money to live within a high school district. And their kids are, you know, at least 10 years away from high school, you know, but they're just like, well, we got to buy now because otherwise it's going to be stratospheric within 10 years. And there's just this remorseless competition throughout life now for young people to constantly separate themselves, you know, exactly the way that Jack Welsh described in his book, uh, his whole thing was, you know, every moment in life is you've got to distinguish yourself and make yourself elite every single step of the way. That's how you get to the top. And that is the game that everyone's playing these days. And I find that very un-American in the classic sense. And it shows to me that the economic system is broken. And it dic- that if the economic system is going to be like that, it dictates everything else. Yeah, I mean, I think back then, people didn't want to all be at the top. People were fine being in the middle. Like, everybody, like, we want, everybody wants to be middle class. And, like, people were satisfied with where they were because you could have a nice life. That was the beauty of America. It was an anti-elitist kind of culture. And it's not like that anymore. You know, we're we're obsessed with elitism now. Yeah, because that is kind of a side that has stagnated. It is. That is you know, stagnation. Yeah. And one great example of this is how if you – I mean, you, the signs are everywhere. I work in the financial sector. You could see that there was a big shift in the past 10, 15 years where all the profits in the financial industry are in wealth management. It's no longer in investment banking, right? Like the everyone's still like – you know, who doesn't really understand finance is like, oh, yeah, go into investment. No, nobody gives a shit about investment banking now. The money, the profit center is all wealth management, meaning we're not a society that's out creating wealth anymore. We're just trying to protect the existing wealth. That's where all the financial activity is in today. So it – 
it's a stagnant you know, it's a stagnant economy. It's a, a deeply conservative reactionary economy in the sense that people are doing whatever they can to keep fortunes from dwindling, but they're not really building fortunes, you know? And I think to the extent that we're seeing, uh, uh, you know, we still think the economy is about that. I don't think that's the case. I think we're really moving towards a very stagnant and um, feudal type of economy, you know, I mean, where, yeah, literally where conservation. Conser- yeah, conservation. Con- conservation of wealth. Yeah. 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 Conservation of wealth, managing wealth, not really, um, you know, and we're not really progressing towards a more egalitarian society because at this point, we don't believe that uh, anymore in this idea that, oh, well, the pie can grow for everyone. Not with these, alloc- not with this allocation of wealth, you can't. You got to do some serious redistribution when it's this out of whack. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we can't grow the pie when, you know, half the pie is owned by like, you know, a hundred families, right? Like, or whatever the insane stats are in terms of wealth concentration, it's not going to work. Like we've got to re we've, we've got to re reallocate and redistribute. I mean, I saw a crazy breakdown. It's literally comes down to like the 0.1%, the next five, the next nine, and then the bottom 90. Right. That's right. a crazy breakdown. Yeah. yeah. I think also it's going to get worse once the baby boomers start to die off. Um, because, like, a lot of them have um, wealth accumulated, but, like, they're probably going to spend a lot of it on nursing homes. And those are all owned by private equity firms. So, like, I don't even think there's even going to be that much generational wealth to hand down to, you know, like. No, I think it's going to actually be worse because the baby boomers concentrated a lot of wealth, um, you know, broadly speaking. The generation below that, the two generations, like Gen X, millennials, they're much smaller cohorts. So in terms of the numbers of people that the wealth is trickling down to, it's far less. So a lot more is going, uh, is trickling down in that direction. So I actually think it could be worse. Trump is like the odd person out where he has like seven kids. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So... I, yeah, I, I guess that's why I, you know, when people bring up, you know, are you going to, you know, can you talk about what's going on at the top, Thomas Jefferson High School in Virginia or Stuyvesant High School in New York or what's going on with Harvard or Prop, you know, 16 and stuff? You know, my, my reaction is like, there's much, much deeper problems at play. Like, I understand. I really do. I mean, I really understand why people get worked up and angry over this. But I think that if you really think through the issue that the fact that we have to even fight tooth and nail for these spots is part of the problem. Like the fact that we don't feel secure enough in America that we would go out and take the positions that, that we have taken with respect to, um, you know, the allocation of magnet school seats or whatever um, to, uh, uh, to frankly say that we don't see any problem with the fact that these schools are uh, 72, 75% Asian or whatever it is, uh, that at least that's what it is in New York City, that we turn, we pretend that we're, uh, you know, blind to that as a problem uh, is telling. It's not, I don't think that means that we're shit people. 
I just think it means that we are definitely trapped within a system that forces us to be like this. Well, I mean, if you believe in a pure meritocratic system, then it's like if if all those 70% of kids got there based on merit, then they should be there. I just I just don't like the debate. Like, I, yes, I mean, yeah, that, my final... Okay, yeah, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Uh, okay, it's it, mine's going to be quick. Um, just my only thing is the current debate right now uh, like for one thing, I agree with you, Teen. It's really like my interest in this is really just just another way to talk about the to untangle the giant ball of uh, of uh, horror that is uh, the U.S. right now. Right? It's just another vector. You're just tugging at a different thread. But really, to to solve it fully, you have to cut. You there's no way you can avoid the giant tangle in the middle. Um, but the only the only thing about this one that's so frustrating is that it keeps stalling at a certain point, and that really comes down to we are stuck because it's a contradiction. We're basically saying discriminate, but make it fair, right? Be inclusive, but be exclusive inclusively. Like these are contradictions that we can't resolve. Not not with the thinking like this. So if what that's I'm saying doesn't action from the very beginning. Yeah, you know so I mean? it's it was never going to work this way, uh, and let's face it: like affirmative action is literally saying uh, to allow uh, higher authorities to discriminate on the basis of race. Now, this could be positive, positive for some, negative for others. It's going to be positive or negative, but it is what well, it, see, it is. What it is, avoiding that is not going to Originally, affirmative action wasn't supposed to be about race or like different minority groups or diversity or whatever. It was specifically for the descendants of slavery for them mm-hmm. to get um, seats that they were denied because of slavery, like specifically for that group of people. Well, that's what it originally was, but that's yeah. not what it's about now. What it's about yeah. now is these ideas like, that it, the what, schools have an interest in fostering a diverse, you know, I know, and, and I'm saying that's bullshit. It's bullshit. bullshit. Like the it's whole, totally the bullshit. whole, the whole thing is bullshit right now. And like, yes. yes. But what I'm saying is that Asian American people are not. We're not out trying to solve the bullshit. We are trying to get seats at the table. That's what we are trying to do. And I think we need to be honest about that. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and I'm saying that right now the pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, of like specifically targeting this stuff is to is for these institutions to deny seats at the table for Asians and also for black and brown people. Yeah. And we, given the makeup of the court, we're, we probably will win that suit. You know what I mean? And if we do, I don't think that any of the problems that we have are going to be solved, you know, like, okay, so, uh, let's say they over. Let's say they get rid of affirmative action in the next term. Uh, this Supreme Court case goes, is, go, or this uh, Harvard case goes up to the Supreme Court, and this newly uh, confirmed Amy Barrett uh, joins with uh, four other conservative justices to say that it is high time to admit that the uh, judicial experiment known as affirmative action needs to come to an end. And that's that. That's the end of affirmative action forever. Prop 209 for the entire country. Is that going to solve our problems? Is that going to make Asian Americans more secure in America? Is it going to make Asian Americans, uh, you know, what, what is it going to do for us? I don't think it's going to do very much for us. Uh, you know, I, I think maybe 
Harvard uh, will find other ways to keep us out um, one way or another. They'll probably just get rid of SATs altogether. Which and, ca- the UCs have already done. Yeah, uh, so that was that was a thing. Just fuck it, we won't even look at SATs. Which seems really strange because the entire thing, uh, the entire reason that it, we all switched to a standardized testing scheme is that it allows for uh, as close as we are able to um, objective measures of qual- like objective um, comparisons between people. Yeah, but that's um, not what Harvard's about. Harvard is about not, access to yeah. elite, you know. To, right. So this is why I keep, I, this is why I, in my head, I separate, you know, those elite private institutions with public schools. And I think, mm-hmm. uh, and I think there's a problem where we talk about them the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the UCs got rid of SA, the SAT and the ACT. Um, and they're also trying, and the Proposition 16 is back on the ballot too. And it, and I quote, uh, universities and government offices could factor in someone's race, gender, or ethnicity in making hiring, spending, and admissions decisions. Uh, in this particular, like, so which, okay, so we, we get, we got that. Uh, yet if this passes, plus the lack of, uh, plus eliminating uh, standardized testing, we've gone back to uh, a system of, uh, of grading people that's about a hundred years old and it wasn't very and that was a problem yeah it was invented to keep out the jews right to keep jews out of harvard that was those were the entire reason why like all of those soft skills and like personality measures were um were were developed for admissions and other things you know and like probably seen that is so vague and so broad and it can go both ways yeah, I mean, I don't trust. I will be voting no on that, barring any new information on it, uh, because I don't trust this government to be making those kinds of decisions ethically or in a way that benefits uh, benefits anyone who actually needs a, a boost. Um, right. See, what I guess what I'm saying, like my the way that I'm seeing this here is they're actually using Asians to again um, get rid of civil liberties for everybody who's not white like they're just they're using this asian issue because nobody's gonna fight for us um and they're gonna use it to eventually just like go back to where the way things were like a hundred years ago and it's working yeah so i mean we'll see what the numbers look like but i don't see i don't i would not trust uh like, look, we, we went through a whole summer of litigating BLM. Uh, we're doing a lot of thinking on this. So in what state of mind are we saying here that the same government that we're, that is uh, so rife with systemic injustice is going to somehow do, do, us, do right by us uh, when it comes to this one thing? I really don't think this is going to work out the way, uh, the way they want. Uh, either either party. Either party. And it really like sucks to see... Or, yeah. the, it really sucks to see the breakdown. Uh, like, who's for it? Uh, it's like Governor Gavin Newsom personally, the University of California and the Cal State system. Uh, okay, who's against it? The California Republican Party and the Chinese American Civil- Civic Action Alliance. I think that's BS. That is such deep bullshit, in my opinion. That it's the only bullshit, but it's the- also it's also understandable because I think that again, I I think that. You know, when you say, okay, well, UC is a state education system and the mission of the UC system is different than that of an elite school like Harvard. I don't think that's true anymore. 
I think that in in an economy this unfair and this rarefied and this stratified, like even the UC system is uh, going to be a determinant. Uh, you know, which UC you go to is going to be a determinant of where you end up. Yeah, like, totally. What is the That's what been is the like that what, for at least yeah. twenty years. Yeah, like what's the pipeline to the top tier of industry? Is it Berkeley and UCLA? Yeah. Is it you know UC Riverside and, and UC Merced? No, it's clearly there's a tiered uh, a system here where where you go to school greatly determines what happens afterwards, uh, and it's not a function of UC Berkeley training people better. It's a function of who uh, you know which campuses these uh, recruiters uh, want to visit. They don't want to visit Merced, except maybe for a couple diversity hires. You know, they want to go to Berkeley because that's, you know, that's the I think Merced, school. I think right? Merced is a graduate campus. I think it's biological sciences. So I think it's a little different. But like, but that's the thing. Like the last two UCs uh, established were like UC Hastings, a law school, and Merced, which I think is biological sciences, might be a med school. Uh, although they're not issuing degrees quite okay, yet. Okay, you know what? You know what people told me when I was applying for grad school? It was like, just go to the top tiers because if you don't, like, there's no point in getting a graduate degree. That's, yeah, that's, what, what, I, that's what I heard. Yeah, that's what people told me. When I was, cho- I was choosing for undergrad, I was going choosing between University of Maryland and Cornell, right? And people were like, look, this is, this is how people talked about it. They were like, look. Cornell is not really an Ivy League, okay? It's like it's like barely, oh, yeah. you know, holding on to that status. And Maryland is a fine school in the sense that, you know, you got yourself a scholarship or whatever. Go to Maryland and then go to a top-tier grad school. That was there. I was that was what people told me and that's exactly what I did and it was uh it's all very you know what I'm saying is like it's all very like gamey, like it's it's gaming the system and you know, you got to know how recruiting works and you've got to know what the entry points into, uh, you know, things are. And it's it's games. People are playing games. You know, okay. to, I mean, to... all yeah, of what you're like, saying right. is true. Just uh, all of what you're saying is true. And I back that 100 percent. I guess just for me as a voter in the state of California and a citizen of the greater U.S., the only interest that I have in this is saying I refuse to be pitted against against someone else in the int- for, for some for some rat race that I don't feel like running. I don't think we need to be thinking like that. Uh, that I just simply refuse. Um, yeah. That's that's yeah. my only position on this. Uh, so I mean, if you we were lost- a student. If you were a student, you know, deciding where to go to college or grad school or whatever, I mean, you may feel that way, but you're not going to be able to act that way because that is exactly what's going to happen to you. Absolutely, you know? and I respect I respect people making self inter- self uh, decisions on their on uh, on their self interest. I don't like uh, I don't like when there's moralization moralizing mm-hmm. applied to students. Like you should be. I don't know what is it like. Okay, like this call gets put on Asians a lot. You need to check your privilege and understand that, you know, you need to take a step back. Like, are you telling a qualified student to not go to a school they are qualified for yeah, in some for someone? Like, they no, didn't that's the economic system. You cannot say that. You cannot <laughs> say that. Um, well, we they didn't design win. the system. They're just they're just participating in it. They're just captives right. in it. So, so you know, finger finger wagging, like, oh, you're just you know anti-black or you're you're racist or you you know you're selfish. Like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Like, no, we put way too much emphasis on this moral dimension, and that seems to be cut out completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Everyone saying ha- that like this Asian student 
getting into Harvard is being complicit into white supremacy because right because they are taking a spot of a black person but it's like that black person is going to Harvard to do the same thing so it's like why why is one but you know plus it's not plus we know it's not about taking the spot from a black student it has been yeah we look at the numbers it's been about taking the spot from a white student yeah, right. that's, that's, what what really is a, that's what is actually being litigated. Yeah. And you know what? They're taking the okay, I see this. The thing that I see this as is like they're just generally um putting a cap, just like putting prohibitions. They're changing the rules so that Asians don't succeed in the US economically. Like they're being shut, we're being shut out at at the at the um at every level like that's yeah, I, just the pattern and I so think what, it's i think what's going on with asian students is this is asian students at harvard and other top tier schools are the pinch hitters for the sat and the gpa stats that are so important in the u.s news and world report ranking system So the higher the GPA and the higher the SAT score of the incoming freshman class will in large part determine the ranking in the U.S. News and World Report list. Now, they don't want, you know, white people don't want uh, their legacy and, uh, you know, other special admits uh, to also have to score 1550 on the SAT or whatever the fuck it's schooled on and have a perfect 4.0, right? They want to have a little bit of slack so that the special admits and the legacies can get in, but that they're getting into a school that's consistently being placed number one to number three. And in order to maintain that ranking, you need to have some Asians come in and get you the 1600s and the 4.0s. So they're, they're willing to let Asians in to the extent that we can help pad the stats, but only up to the point where we're mathematically needed to keep those up, right? So for every 4.0, Asian-American soulless robot or whatever that they, uh, you, know, uh, you know, hold their nose up but admit anyway, uh, that buys another uh, – that buys the, a seat for, you know, a 1,300 with a 3.5 to come in as a special admit and not oh, I know. The, 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 the ranking. That's, that's yeah, what's yeah, going yeah. on. I Everyone know, knows I'm, that's what's going on. But I'm saying that they're changing the rules because they don't even want to make that compromise for the Asians anymore. That's what's happening. Yeah, welcome. Oh, yeah. If they get welcome. rid of GPA and SAT, they're just like, fuck it. I mean, if they if Harvard could work with US News and World Report and just be like, look, we're get we're 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 getting we're getting we're moving away from the whole GPA SAT thing. Like you've got to you have you gotta change your ranking system methodology, but let us know what it is so that we can make sure we're number one to number three. And it'll be given year. Yeah. Right. And like, I don't really care about students now, but I'm saying that if these students are like the path, if, if these schools are the pathway to, you know, like to an elite economic position, they're closing that off for Asians, period, in the US. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, like, in yeah. a, you're saying, like, oh, you know, we're doing fine now. We're getting into these, you know, like, we're buying real estate that's fancy. We're doing whatever. Cool. But like in a generation or so, that's not going to be the case anymore. And so yeah, like, our- that's why I'm like wondering why people keep coming to this country. Yeah. Like, like we should just, what is leave. the, what is the fucking point? And, and my point is that if you're here, 
uh, as an Asian American, I don't think that a system of constantly struggling to be included within the top tier is any way to live. It's not any way to live. Like that's well, it's not, not even going to be an option anymore. It's not going to be an option, and it's all and and to the extent it is, it's going to fucking exhaust you to death, right? And it's also not why people came to America. People didn't come to America to struggle. People came to America because it was easy. <laughs> it was plentiful. There was a lot of space. And people weren't <laughs> elitist assholes. Like, it was nice. It was a nice country at a certain point. I mean, honestly, like, people always think that it's been progress, 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 especially on the social front. It has not been. Okay? It has not been progress. It's been steps back. Okay? And... Uh, since, since when? Like, the I, 80s, 90s? I think, I, think it, I think something peaked somewhere. Things got corrupted somewhere in the 90s. We really started to feel it in the 2000s. But yeah, I think I think 70s, it was earlier 80s. than that. I think, I yeah. think uh, on a high level, it stagnated in the 70s and it started going downhill in the 80s. And we didn't feel it until the 90s. Perhaps, yeah. But like, yeah, socially, you know, speaking, I think the 80s and the 90s were a different time. And people were more relaxed. And there what you know, white people didn't feel so threatened back then, right? And they may have been racist as fuck, but they didn't feel threatened. It was it was a different kind of racist. It was like a get him away from me kind of racist. It wasn't like a fuck you, get out of here kind of racist in the or same way that it is. Yes, it's a, it's it was, yeah. Patronage on the bene- yeah. if if it, if it's the benevolent kind. Yeah, they can't afford that shit anymore. You know what I mean? And 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 now it it is a, a dark it's an open it's an open zero sum struggle and it's okay, brutal. Here's, and mm-hmm. here's a thought. Um, mm-hmm. Wasn't America like circa, you know, mid century and on the anomaly, like every other place is like this pretty much like maybe this is just the way that it's supposed to be. And we shouldn't like, we're never going to go back to the way that America was. And that was kind of itself, like just like a weird freakish blip. I don't feel that way. I mean, having traveled, I mean, you never really know until you live in another place, right? And I haven't really lived abroad, but in that sense of like working there or whatever, but no, I, I feel like America has become particularly bad, exceptionally bad uh, versus the rest of the world in a way. And I, and I think our lack of, of, culture or cultural unity or something is part of it too. There's a missing, there's, you know, there's like, yes, you're right in the sense that it is going to be like this. There is always going to be this struggle, this, you know, this individualistic struggle. But on the other hand, there are humanistic things that offset that, you know, like there is a, there, there is a sense of, of fairness and unity and cultural, you know, uh, cultural shared sort of a sense of sharing within uh, within a unif- unified culture that you will get in other places um not every place like not canada but like uh <laughs> well i mean canada canada <laughs> was canada. built on genocide too so that makes sense yeah, fuck, like fuck you're not going to see that in canada uh yeah. australia, australia yeah. america South Africa. <laughs> like the entire <laughs> yeah. anglosphere is complete shit Exactly. Except maybe a little bit of England, but (laughs) (laughs) I love Scotland. I like Scotland uh, way more better, way better than England. But like, uh, yeah, I think in other countries, 
in other parts of the world, I, there is, yeah, you're, there is, a, there is this, of course there is a Darwin, you know, a, a Darwinian struggle, uh, at an individual level, but there are human, uh, institutions that counteract that in, in politics, in, in religion, culture, you know, all that stuff in America. We don't have those things. I'm sorry. We're, it's just not there it's, anymore. It's pretty savage. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that's, savage. You know, it's, you know, I don't podcasts. know. Uh, God. Okay, now I'm depressed. Um, <laughs> how's your retirement? I don't know, but I we got 300 episodes of this podcast in, so I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Just stacking them pods. Um, I mean, I, yeah, it's it's. I don't think we've. It's just redistribution at this point. Just reinvestment mm-hmm. and redistribution. Like for one thing, like uh, like the South, right? Which, uh, which if you think about, it, like never got fully reconstructed after the Civil War. It never did, mm-hmm. and this is why. And this is why they're scraping the bottom. They're bumping on at the bottom of the barrel. Like they're poor countries, and we're talking like compared globally. These are poor regions, right? We never reinvested. We never. We don't. We don't redistribute. So I mean, it's dead at this point. Like I feel like it's redistribution and survival. If the one percent or whoever wants to actually keep all of their money at the value they have it at, then you're going to need to put it to work. If this if this shit just falls apart and bottoms out, I don't know what the point of all that hoarding was. Has redistribution ever happened without revolution in the past? No. No. Okay. Like it's got to cool. be violent. It ha- it <laughs> And uh <laughs> that yeah. Yep. It's got to get Ladies violent. Okay. Yeah, right. as of this year, we have officially passed to the point uh the the tipping point of uh income of inequal wealth inequality that the French rev- uh, that the French were at shortly before the revolution i'll just leave yeah, that there Jesus. that's uh, what's happening so i think europe uh, europe the social democracies of europe uh and to some extent you know as survival measures you know east asia like the asian countries post-war um they just were left with no alternative if they were to survive as countries as societies as people uh they needed they needed some form of social uh, social material cohesion which manifested as like uh, as social safety nets, um, as public public goods, um, services provided to its people, just simply by virtue of being a member of this society. Um, America rocketed to the top uh, without having ever needed that sense of cohesion. So we didn't do it. We just didn't do it. And the artificial buoy of immense wealth. Uh, kind of carried that illusion along for a, a surprising amount of time, honestly. Uh, and now the check has come due. Yeah, it was a very yeah. There was it's not a it's not a hardy culture in America. It's not a culture no. that it's a very libertarian culture. And I've heard I've heard a lot of expats, meaning people from another country, say French people living in America, uh, say that American culture has always seemed extremely. Uh, casual and friendly and it's easy to talk to people and to strike up friendships but it's very hard to make deep connections with people right whereas deep yeah whereas in say this was a 
Parisian talking. I remember this pretty well. It was the, it was in the it was in the newspaper, and this person said, "In France, it's the opposite. It's very hard to make you know make a casual acquaintance. It's very hard to just strike." And I'm sure you know people have said this in uh, about Asia. You don't just talk to people randomly, you know, like like people do in in uh, America. Uh, and so when people come to America, oh, everyone's so friendly, but it's very difficult um, uh, to uh, you know to make a deep connection with someone here. Um, because it, it is a, it is a casual libertarian kind of culture that's like, so long, you know, I have mine, you have yours, everyone's happy, everyone goes home, fuck you, right? Like, that's what it is. I don't want to know you any more than the extent of, you know, this interaction, right? Um, yeah. but if you, if your mo- lawnmower comes another foot onto my territory, like we're going to have a gunfight, right? Is that's who we are. And when the... Uh, system of distribution when 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 inequality's gotten to this point and we don't have anything for ourselves anymore and you know we don't feel like we have ours fuck you then we have nothing to fall back on to you know to to keep us uh, together and i think lesser cultures have gone savage uh, uh no greater cultures have gone savage uh, against each other and turn on each other for shit uh, and in America, if we keep going down this road, we're going to turn on each other. We already are turning on each yeah, other. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's yeah. going to get really, really dangerous for people. It is like, very dangerous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even more so people. than it is we're now. Getting, we're, we're getting fucking randomly attacked murdered. all day. Yeah. yeah. Burned like an 87-year-old woman set on fire. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just going to be like everybody is just going nuts. In New York City is absolutely... I don't know what the stats are, but, you know, it's fucked up. You know, the stuff that you see going on, you know, the kinds of just just deeply antisocial, pointless crimes that are violent, that are directed towards particularly vulnerable people that don't seem to have any discernible cause. I mean, every like I just saw something on the fucking news uh, about this uh, 67, 70 year old woman in the Bronx uh, who just got randomly attacked. She doesn't know why. She was just sitting in her car and someone came up to her. A woman came up to her and just fucking punched her in the face. And then she got out of the car to take the license plate down. And then her boyfriend got out of the car and beat her down again for no reason. <laughs> like just shit like this is happening, you know? And uh, it's uh, concerning. It's concerning. You know, yeah, and I think there's actually a. Di- I think the narrative here is um, okay. So the rich, the point one percent, the one percent, the top nine, whatever you want to. Um, there's this hoarding going on. I actually am starting to see like a slight divergence from actual that that wealth class, and like the actual like like political activity. Um, like. Jeff Bezos, for all the hate he gets, and I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve it necessarily, but he goes out in public and gives talks about, like, he actually does not know what the shit to do with that money. He would like a place to put that. Uh, He would like to put that money to work. Bill Gates talks about that. Warren Buffett talks about that. Uh, Like, we might have even gotten to the point where, like, politics has completely uh, left the barn. It's not representing anyone's interest fully. It's absolutely insane to me. I think we should be colonized. I, I had this weird thought. I was like, maybe we should be colonized by the Japanese. <laughs> maybe, the, maybe, Japan should, maybe we should willingly apply to Japan. 
to come and colonize America and run our okay, shit for like ten like a, years. You sound like a white supremacist now. Yeah, uh, but but the thing is, they could they they need we need someone to come in here and get shit running because it's not running. You know what I mean? I mean that's that's, not, that's the China panic. We are inventing that as a as a uh, as a foil. But also, if Japan, yeah. if we did that with Japan, then like my memoirs write themselves. It's it's just gonna be like <laughs> there and back again. How my parents? You want to hear something really disturbing that I saw in the news today? Um, so there was a report today on on I believe it was CBS News or yeah CBS News, and it was a report by one of their foreign correspondents in in Wuhan, right? And he was like, "Here I am in the uh, origin of the outbreak," and uh, he 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 said, "You know, things are back to normal here." Okay. It's true. I'm here, and there's people everywhere, and the shops are open, and you know it's a major it's a major holiday week. week. Everyone's got the week off. Oh yeah, man, or traveling. Pe- everyone's traveling, and uh, there's not a lot of social distancing going on. People are shopping, they're eating. Stores are everything's open for business. Life is largely back to normal. It's real. It's happening. And then the anchor, this, the woman, I forgot her name, was like. There's no way to sugarcoat this, people. But China is largely back to normal. I was like, "What does that mean?" There's no no way to sugarcoat this. What does that mean? It was it was like there's no pretty way for me to say this. There's no way for me to say this in a way that won't make you feel bad or vengeful. You know, and this CBS News talking to America is like, I don't know how to sugarcoat this or make this go down any easier. But Chinese people are back to normal in China. Well, see, and this is why, you know... That's disturbing. This is why even if the U.S. was colonized by Japan, it wouldn't do shit. Because <laughs> these people, all they care about is being better than the next guy. And they don't actually care about being better, period. They just care about revenge. You know, it's like like Japan has the concept of Kaizen, which is constant improvement just like improve yourself even for for no reward for no other reason than to just fucking do it because that's you know like that's how you want to live like there's no concept of that here and that like that's what pisses me off about all of this stuff is like every single time an american looks at china doing good they think oh my god fuck those guys or oh my god that's so scary. Nobody just thinks, holy shit, these guys know, these guys are doing well. How do I do that? Or how does my country do that? Because America used to be like that or used to be yeah. better and they don't fucking do it. They just don't give a shit about themselves. The 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 report, the, the correspondent actually was like, because, you know, it's so loaded. Like people, you know, they don't even hide it anymore. They're just like, call it authoritarianism call it one party rule whatever you want to call it but it works because <laughs> <was like>, oh. <laughs> he's there right he's in one he's like he can't deny it he's like i can't lie like if i was in the united states i could lie and be like oh no i totally heard on 4chan that half the people are dead it's a zombie town those are all fake photos those are photoshopped but he was like no i'm here people are actually shopping they're in the subways they're everywhere they're just, they don't give a fuck they're shot no one's in the hospital it, it, they're fucking fine look i don't know how to sugarcoat this but they're fine <laughs> i was like 
well, the president has COVID, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the um, the cabinet has COVID, and uh, <laughs> the the the, the staff. Yeah, the Joint the Chiefs Pentagon of Staff are benched. And then yeah. there's Pompeo sitting there like, we got to stand tough on China. And it's like Japan's yeah. being like, lol. What, what, like, what's that show where the Department of Education guy becomes president? What was that show? Oh, like Battlestar Galactica. What? Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. Like, that's us pretty soon. Like, we're going to have to, like, we have to get the 19th person in line to the presidency ready. Because that person might get called up. <laughs> like... You know, like the uh, the the uh, the 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 head of the commerce department is going to end up being the president or some shit. Like, dude, I swear, like I'm going to be looking on election day. I bet you, uh, COVID's going to get a couple of write-in votes. I might be one of them. <laughs> COVID, I mean, the, she's, the she's working bio, hard. Yeah, the she's real really bio China plague for confidence. president. Yeah. I, I mean, you want a systemic change here? You freaking go. We got the Joint Chiefs of Staff benched. Boom, Biden, your call. Uh, it was just so it was just so funny how the news, CBS News, was there it's just mask off. It's like, I don't know what to tell you. They've got it fixed. I I don't know what to fucking tell you. <laughs> They're fine. They're fine. We're fucked. Uh, he won't oh, wear a mask. He still won't wear a mask. He, he's probably gonna die. I don't know. Like, um The president has fucking COVID. It, it's I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 we, we, yeah, I don't, I don't know. We started talking about affirmative action, but then, you know, we found our way back to the giant tangle of yarn here. So I, I don't, I think it's just gonna, I mean, like, like what, what did Trump say today? He's, he's suspending negotiations for the next, uh, stimulus package. Yeah. Um, so benched until at least after the election, uh, which means it's gonna get really bad. Like really bad. We're heading into winter now, like late, like late, we're in fall, heading into and winter. We have no idea how COVID is going to be in the winter. It could be way more infectious in the winter. Yeah. So I, I, I yeah. So I guess uh, I, I'm back to to uh, to teen. Like this didn't matter. <laughs> Where your kids yeah. go to college is is not is not high priority right now. Um, it's no, one dimension. Think- I guess. I think it matters in the sense that it's a it's like a canary in the coal mine. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's an indicator. Yet another way, this is not this is not working out. So for whatever that is personally worth, I think that's it. It is worth uh, making a note of that. I think Trump is the president that America deserves, but he's not the one we need. Like that's that's Trump. (laughs) Is he like? He is as narcissistic as America is as a state. And yeah. he embodies America in many ways. And really I think that anti Batman, you know, because like, yeah, Batman's just like him, except he's like, but a failure. Yeah. Like if Batman, Batman came on the scene, fun. but didn't wear a mask and gave everyone COVID, that, yeah, that that's the kind Trump. of Batman he is. Yeah. <laughs> and then causes an economic collapse. Oh my um, God. And COVID came from bats. Oh shit! You see, <laughs> we just uh, we just circled yeah. the square or whatever. I I, <laughs> okay. I figured it out. I figured out Trump is literally Batman. He's yeah he, yeah he's the Batman, and uh, he is you know I think we're disgusted by him because and we hate him because uh, honestly he's a too accurate a picture. He's a too accurate a reflection of what America is, and uh, that that 
how is Pompeo and Trump and Azar and fucking Stephen Miller and Kushner and all these fucking assholes like, you know what I mean? Like these are this is exactly who America is. Real estate obsessed narcissists. That is what America is, you know, Uh, and we're ruled by one of our own. And I don't know. How are we going to do better than this? I don't know. I mean, it started out as an experiment, right? So Mm -hmm. it's a failed experiment. Go home. Go back to Europe. (laughs) They're not going to take them. (laughs) And Europe's like, like, yeah, yeah. We're just going to take all these like white people from Florida. No. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want that shit. Anyway. um, It's going to be a spicy couple of weeks. Yeah. That's what I would yeah. like. Like now is the now is the time for indigenous activists to strike. Just take back the land <laughs> while the whites are weak. Like I just want to know. Like okay, so um, like when Trump was hospitalized, uh, did you guys see that tweet by uh, some some guy who just who like watches airspace traffic uh, as a hobby? Um, like 30 minutes before the official, uh, like it was leaked, it was broken to the press that he was positive for COVID. Um, he was like, it's re- like, that's really freaking weird. These two like nuclear, like control, uh, planes, uh, went up on the, one on the East coast and one on the West coast. Like, that's really odd. I've never seen that before. These are the long range, like nuclear, mis- long range, nuclear missile, airborne control planes. Um, so he actually was the first person to know um, that something was up with the president. Um, and like, Cause, so like, cause, the, cause the, we had Eagles in the sky. Yeah. And then like <laughs> the joint chiefs of staff are benched now. Like who knows what, who, who's in charge right now? Nobody is in charge. Yeah, right that's now. A, nobody's Nobody. in charge. Nobody's been in charge for a long time. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. America, is America isn't, is not, you know, I think that America, like this whole fucking pandemic has been a test of power. I think that's what it is. I think what it has shown is that this is a test of will and of power. And the societies that have power are going to get through this. This is not a moral test. This is a test of power. And if you don't have power, if your system is and your people are divided and you know suspicious of each other and whatever, you're not gonna you're not gonna get through it. It's a test of power and of will, and we don't have it, and so we're failing. And I don't necessarily think that that means like America is an evil country because there are not not e- so evil countries that are also doing shit, right? And uh, you know. It's really revealed America to me to be less of a unified country with any sense of unified purpose and with any real leadership in that sense where it all kind of, you know, everything kind of narrows down to this unified, uh, you know, sovereign leader, the president or whoever we think it is um, to, to lead us. America is largely a giant poker game. And... That's at bottom what it is. It's a poker game with big, big time players, very big time players sitting at a very big time table. And they're, 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 you know, that's why nothing can get done because there's no matter what, it's all taking place within the confines of a game where people are uh, gaming each other. They're playing against each other. 
in America. That's our system. And that's why we can't do anything. Everything, everything is, you know how in America, like nothing gets done until the last second. Like, like when it comes to a bailout package, like this bailout package, like it'll get done. Like we won't let the whole thing burn to the absolute ground. We will get it done, but not until the very last second because it's all uh, a poker game and they're waiting for that squeezing that last person to say, okay, fine, I'll take the fucking heat for this one and, and whatever. It's all a game of chicken uh, in terms of how we get stuff done. And that's, th- that's what America seems to be, to be now is really just a fucking poker game, you know? And Asian people, you know, we're playing our games too in this country, right? We've got our stacks and we've got our bets. Uh, that's kind of what this whole fucking project is. And, uh, you know, if you're a betting person, then that's great. But if you're not, if you're not a day trader on Robin Hood or whatever, <laughs> you know, if that's not your thing, uh, it's kind of boring. It's kind of shit to see this. So I don't know. That's why I think we're fucked. We can just end it there. Okay. Yeah, I think that sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Before it gets too dark or whatever. I, I don't well, know how it gets darker. It's a, natural, so. it's a natural ending point. I mean, yeah. it's like if this is not the game you came to play, you know, just cash out now. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. There's not, there's not much else happening in the world that gives reason for optimism, is my opinion. So why, yeah, why, I mean, pretend, shit. why pretend that there is? If China's back to normal, then, you know, what do we, what do we have to live for? There's you know? no way to sugarcoat this, people. But, mean, uh, like, just give doing, up, guys. They're doing just okay. <laughs> right? A win for China is a loss for the U.S. That's how they're looking at this. It's a blow to our psyche. So gross. This makes me want to stab someone. Yeah. Yeah. That would be nice. <laughs> And you know what? It seems like everyone everyone seems to be in that mood, which is making things extra popped off. So I guess if there's any... Stab a bastard. I guess if there's any closing thoughts, I guess it's just be nice to the people around you. Like, I mean, look, all these these old old folks getting attacked, harassed, Asians in general. Uh, Yeah, just be nice, I guess. Right. Also, I mean, it's just no. if you actually care about community, like if you came to, you know, this pod wanting to hear about affirmative action because you care about community, just just be nice to an old lady because they yeah. might die tomorrow. Yeah, I'm sure. Look, we will get back to talking about positive things in a positive light, but it is October 6th. The president has covid. He might die next week for all we know. He has already said that the election is rigged and it hasn't even been it hasn't even started yet. He's not going to accept the outcome. We're heading towards a constitutional crisis. Uh, the events over the remainder of the year are going to be some of the most bizarre and unpredictable in our lifetimes, if not for sure already the most bizarre and unpredictable of our lifetimes. So just be ready, you know, like it's not going to be good. It's like the, we know it's already been shit uh, for a long time. And the, this, the, the remainder of the year is going to be the series finale. 
or the season. Is it the season or the series finale? I don't know. Let's call it the season finale. We'll be optimistic. And um, uh, it's going to be a hell of a show. No one is going to know what's going to happen. There might be a coup. There might be tanks on the street. Who who the fuck knows what is going to happen? But whatever it is, it's not going to be boring. Uh, it will be the most insane shit you've ever seen. Um, Which is not actually that insane, you know, because like we've lived pretty, pretty quiet lives until until now. You know, it's it's not that insane when you look at human history. So, like, think about it that way. You know, it's just we're we're back to like a historical average, if even that. Yeah, yeah. Reality of some sort is coming to smack us in the face this year. Yeah. And if it descends further, then we're going to need to find some, it, it, it serves nobody to be isolated. We're going to get picked off if we are isolated here. Yeah, and attending a, a magnet school is not... Sorry, don't, Jess, don't you have like a compound or something or like you're building, building one? No, no, I'm just, I'm not leaving. You, to build one, you got to leave. <laughs> I'm not doing that shit, no. <laughs> okay, never mind. I would like to. That is that is for sure. <laughs> I'm just trying to to write out the year. Yeah. Um, hmm. Well, well, we'll we'll try to put a positive spin on things next time. But I I don't know. I'm sorry. I, I someone teed up this idea of you know can we please talk about affirmative action, and uh, and, and we did that, didn't we? <laughs> well, I mean, I think. It, I, I, I see it as a positive. I like I know how how deeply felt the pressure to um to to go to a great school to to fall in line with the the project of upward assimilation uh, is. Uh, I know how much people suffer as a result, how much toll it takes on people's mental and physical health, uh, starting from a very young age, and it never really quite dis- dissipates. Uh, I mean, part of this is like saying you you should feel a little bit more free from that it turns out it was it wasn't what we were all told it was going to be it's not all that it's not worth the sacrifice of your mental and physical well-being to uh to fall in line with that project so just just be free freer at least at least from that you're not a failure for not having gone to harvard um like you're fine yeah, turns right. out everyone everyone's value system got flipped upside down this year. So, uh, so what's it matter? Yeah. Read diamonds article. Um, the one about college, we can link it. Yeah. So it's, yeah, uh, yeah. I think we're past the first, you know, half of the horror movie where, you know, only the, uh, you know, only the Asian American who has seen the monster, uh, and, and how Harvard is really actually a monster, a racist monster, but no one else believes you. And everyone thinks that, Harvard's a great person. I think we're well past that point. Everyone knows, right? And I, so I think that's the, what I'm trying to say is like, I think a lot of the, take, taking the point seriously, I mean, I think the, I do think that there's a lot of anger built up over this because of this belief that the elite institutions get away with it. Meaning they're able to exclude and uh, be racist against Asian people yet appear so progressive and so righteous and stuff and it's it's a show it's bullshit uh everyone knows that epstein uh owns mit or whatever it is uh like (laughs) you know 
nobody nobody believes in the inherent goodness of these elite institutions anymore. Nobody sees them that way anymore. And the only people who try and project that are people who work for these institutions or who rely on these institutions in some way. It is our own naive faith in these institutions that make us so angry about it. And well, I think, I, think- the, I think the faith is, you know, part of a, like a immigration trauma, you know, like it's, it's, it's not, it's not to be taken lightly, but there's better ways of dealing with that than um, focusing on getting accepted, you know, yeah, it's like, yeah. it's better so, to just go like, really check your, uh, you know, like check your mental health. Yeah. Don't think about it so much. There, 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 there will, Asian people are going to sue. We are going to do what it takes to challenge these things. They're going. They're definitely going to, you know, uh, hook up with the white people and and sue the pants off Yale and, and Harvard and enlist the Department of Justice under Bill Barr. Is that his name Bill or Bob? I say Bill Barr to Bill go Barr. sue Yale. Okay, uh, you know uh, Epstein's daddy, right? They're going to go. They're going to go work with that guy to go sue Yale. They're going to get it done. They're going to appoint Amy Barrett so that we win this lawsuit and you know whatever. Like we're it. People are going to fight these battles and we don't need to pretend it's just not a situation where, you know, everyone thinks everything's cool. But then suddenly in secret, they're racist against the Asian people. I think that was the fear. You know, I think that there there always was the sense that everyone else thinks everything's fine. Everyone else understands, you know, everyone else thinks that um, the system is working as 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 intended and whatever, but that somehow Asians are uniquely uh you know um exposed to some unknown horror of the system and it's not true it's not the 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 fact of the matter is that uh you know i still think we remain a little bit naive about the um you know the open naked power struggle that is america you know what i mean well i like, don't think that i think the point for me is that they are fighting like they're entering the game, you know, like these immigrant parents or whatever. Like, even if they're naive about it, they're still fucking playing. Like, it, it would be more. Oh, no, naive. They are. I'm, I'm talking about people like, you know, that are just like getting totally outraged at a moral level as they as they witness it. And I, I just don't think it warrants that it, it, it doesn't warrant that investment, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, not 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 this thing anyway. Yeah, um, but I mean, I think I like in general that the Asian whatever consortiums are out there fighting for their own interests because that's what every fucking group does, and uh, it would be it would be more annoying if they just like lay down and was like, okay, whatever, you know, because that just means that like we're in the game, we're fucking, you know, it's like the Hunger Games. We're just gonna fucking try to get what we can and that's america like this is how you play this is how we play yeah so like everyone else can fuck off you know i don't care what they say about us the point is we're here we're fucking playing the game yeah that's fair i I think that's right i think that's i think i think you need to play the game people need to be given space to play the game and not be judged for accepting the system as it is and participating in it as is as is intended uh, because that's the rules of the game. Ver- and at the same time, 
at you know to some degree trying to understand the game at some other level and trying to you know uh, push for change, push for reform because this is not a and I think a sustainable game that we're playing here. You know what I mean? I I think that clearly the game itself is rigged. Clearly, the uh, the outcomes of the game is unjust, uh, and we need to open our eyes to that. Yeah, I mean, I don't see like these Asian parents or whatever. You know, they might be teaming up with the white supremacists now, but like they're not there for their interests. Like if they turn on the Asians, like they're going to fucking fight back the same way that they've been doing. And they'll just keep doing it because they're in the fucking game and everyone will fuck off. And, you know, I like that. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's better than being totally naive and, you know, getting sucked into it. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I like that. But I don't like the... Uh, way that it has enlisted, I think, too much attention by by anxious, you know, socioeconomically and socially anxious Asian Americans to believe that this is being done, uh, you know, for the betterment of justice. <laughs> you know, it's there. That's not the level that this <laughs> is occurring. You, okay. you know what I mean? It, that, yeah. That's not the level that this is occurring at. That is occurring. Sure. This is occurring at the level of. We are just being like all other Americans. Yeah. No better, no worse. Okay. okay and that's like fine. those those Asians who are anxious, they you know, sometimes you just need to hit rock bottom before you uh build yourself back up. And maybe they need to get so anxious that they just go insane and then they'll be fine after that. So uh, I, you yeah, know, perhaps. Perhaps. It's just whatever, um, their, whatever the path is, you know, like maybe they should work themselves up. I don't know. Who cares? All right. I guess we can call it there. Uh, we've been doing these longer and longer episodes and stuff, though. Two hours on this seems like a pretty good amount of time. So uh, thanks for tuning in this week. See y'all. See y'all.